Well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Texas Tech opens up their season with a shocking loss to Wyoming. The first six minutes were amazing, and then after that, the offense went completely cold. What went wrong? What was the turning point in this game? Because Texas Tech came out start came out on fire. Who's to blame? Did the coaching get too conservative? Was it bad plays? Was it missed assignments? How do they fix that moving forward? And also, for some encouragement, some examples of teams who have had a really bad week one in the Big 12 and turned it around. Plus, why Tyler Shuck is still going to be the starting quarterback against Oregon. And what are the keys to beat Oregon coming up? So I got to say, I was at the game. It could not have started much better for Texas Tech. It could not have started much better at all for them. They get a three and out. They come down the field in six plays. Tyler Shuck throws a nice pass to Miles Price for the touchdown. Force a fumble. Really nice pass on the second play after that to Jaden York for a touchdown. It's 14-0 less than 16 minutes into the game. We're already covering the 13.5 point spread just six minutes in without getting the ball first. The defense still played pretty well after that, and the offense just went completely cold. And it was weird to watch. You went nine or ten drives without scoring a single point. Texas Tech went 54 minutes without a touchdown. I think one of the turning points, and there were a few of them, was when Jacob Rodriguez went out injured. Because he was having a really good game up until that point. He recovered the fumble, tried to get up too soon, and they fell on him. And Texas Tech, I will say, the play calling was extremely conservative after that. Extremely conservative after that. And the weird thing was they were still going no huddle, which I don't get at 7,220 feet of elevation why it's so important with a lead to be going no huddle, to be trying to go quick. I I mean, I get it when you have the defense on their heels. I get it the first time after you're up 14-0, you get the ball back, you want to go no huddle. But when it's not working, wouldn't it be better to slow it down and give your defense some rest? Because I will say, and I know that is Zach Kitley's offense, but the defense did look tired towards the end of the game. I know they got a three and out, um, and then they got the sack right after they tied it. But the defense in overtime just looked kind of worn out. It looked like they couldn't keep up with Peasley, the quarterback. And I will say, I talked about how Peasley last week, I talked about how he's not a good thrower. He had 34 attempts for 149 yards. He averaged under four and a half yards per attempt. He also had 15 carries for 68 yards, and those include sacks as well, although there were only two of them. One of them, he basically got back to the line of scrimmage. But he really burnt you on some plays getting out of the pocket. And I, I will say this. They, the defense was kind of frustrating me. It seemed like we were playing a lot of zone, and I don't understand why you don't just stack the box against Wyoming. And the defense isn't to blame. They allowed 20 points in regulation. Three of them was 
Three of those points was practically given up off a of turnover, which was a really bad interception by Tyler Shuck, and he could have had two more interceptions, including a pick six. But your corners man-to-man are a lot better than their receivers. You struggle with the tight ends. Why not stack the box against them and force Peasley to beat you deep? And, you know, that's a DeRuiter complaint. One complaint that I have about Zach Kitley is they got way too conservative. They didn't force the ball down the field until the end-of-half situations. They had a really nice play to Jerram Bradley on the next-to-last offensive drive of regulation, but it was 3rd and 15 then, and they kind of had to do it. They, they looked really good. They made a really nice pass to Jordan Brown. When they were forcing the ball down the field early, that's also what Tyler Shuck's the best at, is throwing a receiver open. Because Miles Price kind of threw him open. He did the same to Jaden York. He did it to Jordan Brown on that play by the sideline on their last drive. And the run game. The run game, I just don't understand. Taj Brooks got 11 touches. Cameron Valdez got six. You had 17 designed runs for your running backs. And I know that you weren't getting much penetration up front, but you're against Oregon. They're going to have to establish the run. They And I will say blame goes all around in this one. The inside linebackers, especially after Jacob Rodriguez went out, didn't look good. I think Josiah Pierre is going to be going to be fine he's learning a new position but now that you don't have him in there you're starting ben roberts at the mike linebacker he didn't look great against wyoming i i don't know how he's going to look against oregon and then you're also moving josiah pierre from mike to will he was outside linebacker this year you moved him to inside linebacker at the will position and now you're moving him to the mike position jacob rodriguez by the way is out four to six weeks and it looks like isaac smith Smith is out for the entire season. That inside linebacking room is getting very thin right now. And it's a concern. I will say one thing that gives me some confidence in next week is that Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford, if you go off of PFF grades, they were both very below average. I can't see them having two weeks like that again. I can't see Hutchings and Bradley having two – or. Bradford having two below average weeks. And also, I keep seeing people blaming Gino Garcia for this one. I will say, going forward, the only thing I'm worried about with Gino Garcia is his headspace. Because if you look back on it, I know he was two for five on field goals. He nailed a 54 yarder. Right before the half, you have this weird situation when you're running guys on, and at first he makes it. At first, he makes it. There should have been three seconds left. They should have been able to spike the ball. Instead, the clock operator let it run down to one second. But they should have been able to spike the ball there and give him more time. Either way, he makes the first one. They say the ball wasn't set, so they redo it, and then his mechanics are all messed up. He's looking for McNamara to to look for him, and he kind of takes a stutter step in the run-up. That's why he misses it wide right. The third field goal was a terrible field goal. That that one, he just basically kicked it into his offensive lineman's back. But the fourth one, from what was it, 50 yards, he nailed that one by a mile. It started out to the right and cut back in. He 
he hit the inside of the post and just barely missed by like an inch. Anywhere from 51 to 65 yards. That thing's probably that thing's probably good. So and then he comes back, makes a kick after that. He looked a little bit shaky on that extra point in overtime. But I really wouldn't worry about him going forward as long as it doesn't affect his head. And remember, Trey Wolf missed a very makeable kick against Houston and ended up being really good for tech all season. He did the same against Kansas State. And he was fine, made those clutch kicks against Oklahoma after that. So I'm not overly concerned with Gino Garcia as kicker. For next week, though, I am, I am very concerned about how they bounce back from this one. Because if you listen to Wyoming's quarterback, Andrew Peasley, in the postgame, he said we knew if we took them to the deep end of the pool, they couldn't hang with us. That's basically what Joey McGuire was saying about this team, that they're supposed to be the mental, most mentally and physically tough team there is. And it honestly looked like they broke. It looked like they came out, thought, got off to a great start, took their foot off the gas pedal, players and coaches included, and it looked like they broke in that game. It really did. And this is the time to bounce back. If you're ever going to have a time to bounce back against a team, to bounce back after a loss you didn't expect, it's when you have a sellout at home for a top 15 team in the country with a Heisman Trophy t- contending quarterback. And I think they will bounce back. I don't, I don't know that they'll win the game, but I cannot see a another bad performance. I think this is going to get everybody's attention in that locker room and they're going to come out swinging. And remember this last year against NC state, our offense looked completely hopeless on the road. One week later at home against Texas sell out massive game. The offense looked really good for Texas tech that day. So I think that there will be a bounce back. I don't think you're going to see a performance quite as bad as you saw this week against Wyoming. And while I did say I wasn't overly concerned about our corners and safeties, I thought that Rabbit played pretty well. I thought that the corners, especially Braylon Lux, played really well. There was one safety who I talked up that I'm very concerned about that had a bad game. It's Tyler Owens. So the play in question, if you watch it from the back angle, Wyoming lines up with a tailback, two wide receivers on the left, and two tight ends on the right. C.J. Bakersfield is on the left side, and I thought C.J. had a really good game. But he's on the far side. Tyler Owens is on the inside. The inside tight end cuts to the outside. The outside tight end cuts to the inside. And both of them go with the inside tight end to the outside. It looked like they just... It looked like Tyler Owens was late on that read. If he, if he sticks with the tight end, if there's better communication between CJ and Owens, then Peasley's not making that pass with Rabbit right in his face right there. And by the way, I don't like the blitz call. You have a quarterback who's averaging 4.4 yards per attempt. Make, make, him, make him beat you with his arm. Put a QB spy on him and make him make a throw. Make him make the wide receivers beat you. I... I don't like that call, but still, if Tyler Owens takes the right guy, we're probably not having this conversation. And now, I think Tyler Owens will get better. I think he had a bad game. He looked really good against Ole Miss. There's a reason the coaching staff 
wanted him over Reggie Pearson. But he, he completely missed it on that fourth and seven. So moving on to the Oregon game, because this was, since I went to Texas Tech when I got there in 2016, this was probably the most disappointing loss. And there's been a lot of bad losses, including 2019 against Kansas. But remember, 2019, you weren't too good anyway. This team was supposed to compete for a Big 12 title. And quite frankly, the way that offense played for the last 54 minutes against Wyoming, they didn't look like they could compete for a Mountain West title. Now, I don't expect that again. And Zach Hitley, in his press conference on Monday, said he needs to be more aggressive with his play calling. And I 100% agree. I don't think you're going to see all those short plays, short screens that you saw against Wyoming, against Oregon. I think that they're going to run it a bit more. I think that they're going to be more willing to let Tyler Shuck run it. Because remember, you went like six straight plays in the overtime period where you just ran a QB draw, where where you just had a design run for Tyler Shuck. There was maybe one play through all of regulation. I can't even see, or I can't even tell if that was a design QB run that I'm talking about or whether Tyler Shuck just took off with it. So I think they are going to get a lot more aggressive. I think Tyler Shuck is going to use his feet a lot more against Oregon than he did in Laramie. And offensively, I don't quite understand why they didn't target Fungi much. He really wasn't on the field much in that second half. He had a really good catch on their first possession, and then he never saw the ball again. And it also kind of seemed like Duran Bradley did a disappearing act. And now I will say that next to last play of the third quarter, he catches that, we probably win the game. That ball that he caught on the right, that he had on the right side, falling down that he lost, if he catches that, he probably has a good game. And now I say that it seems like we didn't target him. He did get eight receptions for 88 yards, but most of that came at the end. Most of those came towards the end of the game. He had that touchdown in overtime. He had a big play on third and 15 where Gino Garcia missed the kick. But I think they, they have to keep Bradley involved throughout the game. You can't be doing all these short passes. When you have a weapon like that, Miles Price, Jordan Brown, he had two receptions, and one of them was a great one. Dre McRae seemed kind of silent out there. He caught five passes for 42 yards, so he wasn't that silent. But, and one thing I I still don't get is why we're not utilizing our receivers more. Brady Cup did not have many, did not play many plays in this game. Mason Tharp only had one catch. Jaden York had two catches. One of them was a touchdown, and then they go away from their tight ends. I, that's one thing that I do not like about the Kitley offense because, look, Henry Teeter made some plays last year, but now you have Jaden York, Mason Tharp, and Baylor Cup as well. You have got to use utilize those weapons at tight end more, and they're going to need to do it against Oregon this week. And I will say... I knew coming into this season with Bear Morton being the backup, eventually we would have a quarterback controversy or people calling for Morton to start. I did not think those calls would be this loud after one game. After one game. Particularly when you look at Chuck's stat line, which was 31 of 47, 338 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I will say that stat line is not that 
is not indicative of the way he played. He could have had three picks easily in this game, including a pick six, and one of those touchdowns came in overtime. He didn't really stretch the field, and I got to blame Zach Kittley a little more on that one than I do Tyler Shuck. I know there's going to be some people that blame Shuck more than Kittley. I blame Kittley on that one. You have got to stretch the field. That is Tyler Shuck's strength. If you want a quarterback that can throw to screens, then what are you doing recruiting? the? Why are we recruiting Shuck, Strong, Morton, and Will Hammond over at Hutto? If you just want quarterbacks that can throw to screens. What Shuck is good at is throwing balls where his receiver can get it in 50-50 situations. And he can take it and run it. And we didn't see him run the ball that much against Wyoming. But there was also a post from Baron Morton that got people thinking that maybe there's a quarterback change. First off, I don't think that's what this is. But basically his caption was Psalms 37.7, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So a lot of people including on message boards, have been saying they think that is Baron Morton signaling a QB change or saying there should be a QB change. I don't buy that. I I don't buy that. And one of the reasons I don't buy that is Tyler Shuck even liked that post. So I don't I don't think that a fifth-year senior, six-year senior, whatever Shuck is, is liking a post saying about him getting benched, first off. No matter how close they are, he's not liking a post about him getting benched. You th- Think about this. If you're at your dream job, you get fired, and your best friend gets the job and posts about it, are you still liking that photo or no? I don't think so. I think you'd be a little bit mad, too mad to like that photo. So there's not going to be a QB change, and you're also not going to do that after one game, particularly when it's against this guy's former school. You're, you're just not going to do that after one game. So it's going to be Tyler Shuck in there. He's going to need to play better. He's going to need to look at like the guy that we saw against Ole Miss and OU, not last night against Laramie, because or Saturday night against Laramie, because he seemed hesitant with the ball. He seemed a bit unsure, and his decision-making wasn't great. He cannot have another game like that. Kitley's going to have to stretch the field more. You're going to need to get more penetration up front. And I will say, Wyoming, they were stacking the box against Texas Tech, which is even more reason that Zach Hitley should have been pushing the ball down the field. I don't expect you to have your running backs combined for a 3.4-yard average. I don't expect that they're only going to get 59 yards combined between the two or three of them if Donnell plays. That's not going to happen against Oregon. It can't happen against Oregon. And Jerram Bradley... Look, he got eight catches. He had a bad drop. He's still a weapon for you. You're going to need to air it out to him down the field a lot more offensively. Now to the defensive side on what needs to happen. First off, Hutchings and Bradford need to have better games. And I think they will. I can't see a world where they have two or both of them have a game that was that below their standard. On the outside, 
Miles Cole did not have a great game. I think Steve Linton had a better game, but both of them are going to have to be a bit better. Linton also dropped into pass coverage a lot more than I expected, which makes sense. You even had Tyree Wilson do that some this year, but they're going to need those. They're going to need a better game. And I will say one issue, and I don't want to get into the refs because if you go 54 minutes without scoring, you don't deserve to win the football game. You just don't. But those refs did not call holding on Wyoming, and Wyoming was holding all day. That I think that definitely slowed Miles Cole and Steve Linton down a lot. I think that's why Peasley was able to get outside so much, is because you have your you have both your edge rushers getting held on just about every play, and there were personal fouls that I don't agree with. I that one where you nudge Peasley as he's going out of bounds and Josiah Pierre's trying to make a tackle then Peasley sides he avoids him best he can and you still get 15 tacked on you almost lost both your inside linebackers early in that game if that targeting was stood and by the way I I re-watched uh the highlights so I've re-watched it a few times I was at the game so I didn't hear it but the CBS announcers were shocked when they all when they chalked off that targeting I I really want to get in their heads and see what they think what they think that they're supposed to do because there's really not much but i think your d line's gonna get look better i don't think you're gonna get held as much i think that hutchings and bradford are gonna have a much better game against oregon because look i i can't see those two having that bad of a game back to back the linebackers are going to be a problem and i'm not worried about cj bakersfield he looked really good for you cj looked great for tech but these inside linebackers are a problem. You now have Josiah Pierre, who looked good at outside linebacker last year, but he was training all summer, all, all spring, all fall camp as an inside linebacker, and he was playing at the Mike position. Now he's playing in the Will position, and Ben Roberts is coming in in the Mike position. By the way, Ben Roberts redshirt freshman very inexperienced and to make matters worse he's recruited as a safety so he's very inexperienced you have two guys who aren't used to the inside linebacker position starting for you and i think it will be a little bit better i think that peasley took advantage of our inside linebackers a bit more i think his mobility probably hurt you a bit more although bo nicks very mobile quarter a very mobile and speedy quarterback as well but i think he's going to rely on some other stuff and he's going to test your secondary i'm not too worried about dunlap or rayshard williams um or the backup corners we have i i'm very confident in braylon lux as a cornerback i'm very confident in taylor demerson as a safety but tyler owens he's gonna need to be old miss tyler owens He's going to be the need to be the guy we saw in Houston at the Texas Bowl. And by the way, there is a reason the staff picked him over shoot, uh Reggie Pearson, sorry, spaced on his name. There is a reason that they picked him over over Pearson. And I think that we're going to see that. I I can't see the same Laramie Laramie performance coming out of this guy again. I I don't see that out of Tyler Owens. Kicking Look, Austin McNamara looked great for you. One Big 12 punter of the week, which sucks. I never want him to win that again. 
because that means something went wrong offensively for us if he's in that position. But confident there. Our kickoffs look good. Kick coverage looked good. I thought Jordan Brown was really good returning kicks for you. I thought he gave you some good sparks. It looks a lot better than it did last year. So I will say, I've come off the edge a bit. I've come off the ledge a bit. Because I, I was thinking, man, we may go 2-10 and 10 if we keep playing like this. Then watching the game over, Duran Bradley makes that pa- makes that catch. One penalty doesn't go against you. You stretch the field more. I think that you do beat Wyoming pretty handily. I think you probably could cover up against them if you just reverse a few plays. So I, I'm not overly concerned in this on this team. I mean, you almost had an interception at the end of the half, and you had a hands to the face. On a, I believe it was Plunk that got called for that. So I'm not concerned about this team as much as I was. And this is going to be a huge game against Oregon. Because if they are the brand, if they are the toughest team mentally and physically, if they are a team that is willing to force opponents to break, like we saw last year, then this is the prime bounce back game. You got a sold out stadium in the Jones, a night game, against a top 15 team and a Heisman Trophy candidate. Now, there's some personnel issues. I'm not too concerned about offense. Bit concerned about the offensive line. They did not look as good as we were promised. But I think their defensive front for Wyoming is also is also a strength for them. They, they were stacking the box. I think they're going to look a lot better. Tyler Shuck needs to have a better game. If they're going to beat Oregon. He just does. He cannot have another game like this. But offensively, I think if you stretch the field more, let your receivers make some plays, Duran Bradley doesn't drop those balls or that one ball that he did again, then they're going to be okay offensively, especially if they can establish the run game. And by the way, this is all stuff that we saw. There's people that get paid way more way more skilled at all this stuff than we are that are watching that that are in charge of fixing it defensively i'm not over i'm just concerned about the inside linebackers how do we cope with that how do we hide that position a bit because if we don't and ben roberts who is inexperienced tyreek matthew who's who's gonna play a lot and josiah pierre who's not used to that position that is something Oregon can exploit. And Oregon, they have a good running back. They obviously have a star in Bo Nix. They really didn't play anything anybody this week, so there's not much to talk about with that. They did win it 81-7. to But this is a prime game to bounce back. This is the absolute best game for Texas Tech to have this week. And I know some people are concerned, well, we may start 0-2. That doesn't matter. Quite frankly... If you come out, you play well, you lose a tough game to Oregon, but your team looks a lot better, you get right against Tarleton State, you go to Morgantown, have a really winnable game, you'll win that one, you're 1-0 in the Big 12, everybody's talking about they can be, you can be Big 12 contenders because you will have looked good three weeks in a row. So as long as they come out and don't get blown out this week, you'll know that the mentality in that locker room is strong. You know this is not going to be a team that quits on the season early on. And quite frankly, I, I can't see them having another dud like that. I, I cannot see this coaching staff having another dud like that. And you could tell by his post-game interview 
that Joey Maguire was shocked. He, it was very different than his previous interviews. Every previous interview, very different. It, it seemed and it looked like on the sideline. It was a team that got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. Now they have a week to dust themselves off and get back up to it. I, I think that pretty much by Monday morning, this one in that locker room was more or less forgotten about, and they're just focused on Oregon now. And I think it's going to be a huge wake-up call and maybe one that was needed that, hey, everybody's talking about you as college football or college football playoff dark horse contenders, Big 12 title contenders. I think that they're going to wake up and realize we're the team we were last year and we need to get back to that identity. And I, I think they will. So my prediction, I know Oregon's about a touchdown favorite. I don't know if Texas Tech's going to win this game. There's certainly a lot of areas that they can improve on. But if, if you see the coaching staff changes that we expect or the changes in the game plan that we expect, you see them stretch the field. You see them pout the rock. You see them kind of high those inside linebacker positions. This is going to be a very tight game. And I think they're going to feed off the crowd a lot. There's no reason to give up on the season yet. And I was going through some previous ones. So we know the first game or early in the season last year, Kansas State lost to Tulane. And I know people are saying, oh, is Wyoming going to go beat the Heisman Trophy contender in a New Year's Six Bowl or Heisman Trophy winner? No, probably not. But in 2016... OU lost by 10 to Houston, a Houston team that finished tied for third and fourth in a six-team division in the American. OU went 9-0 in Big 12 play. In 2020, Iowa State lost their opener. They got blown out by Louisiana. They went 8-1 in Big 12 play and made the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State only beat Missouri State by 7 at home, an FCS school by 7 at home. In 2021, and they went 11 and one, played for the Big 12 title. I do not think that the season's not over after one game. The hype may be diminished, but you come out, you have a prime opportunity to get right against Oregon. Well, not a get right game, a bounce back game, get everybody back on the hype train. I think this is a great week for Texas Tech to have this game. It really couldn't come out at a better time. I know some people may say, well, we wish Tarleton State was this week. I personally don't. If you if you go beat Tarleton State by 195 points this week, then nobody's going to care. I, I think that having this game on Saturday is the best thing for this team, especially after the disappointment against, against Wyoming. But that's going to do it for this one. If you would... Go ahead and take a few seconds out of your day to give this a five-star review. It really helps us grow the show. Send an email to jacksonmoody37 at gmail.com, and we'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. But that's going to do it for this one. Horrible, horrible game on Sunday for Texas Tech, but a prime opportunity to bounce back this Saturday against Oregon.